welcome to Scary to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Novak, and I'll be reading you a bedtime story. I hope you're doing well this week, and if not, maybe I can take you away for a while. Tonight I have for you a story I wrote. I know, it's been a while since I've had an original on the show, so I really hope you enjoy. We met in a Facebook group. We met in a Facebook group. It was for fans of a certain podcast. That was about, wow, six years ago? How time flies. We started as acquaintances, running in the same online circles, never quite being a part of the cliques, but always keeping abreast of the drama. We gave our condolences for deaths, celebrated births, and gossiped about divorces. It was all through a series of ones and zeros, but it was all as real as the relationships I had with people I saw in the flesh every day, maybe even more real. Over the years, we watched the group split and split again over grievances that ranged from petty bickering to IRL events involving actual law enforcement. A frozen yogurt shop employee even got fired at one point, and he wasn't even a part of the group. That's a long story for another time. As the pool of us original members dwindled, she and I always remained constant. I had met up with a few of my web friends over the years, and so had she, but we had never gotten to hang out with each other. Even though our friendship had never strayed to anything romantic, I think we both still felt a little weird about flying across the country to one another since I was a married man with children and despite a few boyfriends over the years, she was a mostly single woman. The optics would be shaky at best. It would only take one short game of telephone from board group members with nothing better to do than twist an innocent meetup into a shady email to my wife about how she should be worried probably complete with out-of-context screenshots of comments and conversations to make the whole thing look worse. Especially since she is an attractive woman, but that's just an objective observation. I feel like denying that would make it sound like I'm also lying about everything else. My wife also isn't very online, so some jokes and memes and such out loud could sound bad, even if they are just something people like me who spend way too much time on the internet, say, I feel like I'm over-explaining myself into this sounding bad. Look, bottom line, I don't want that kind of headache, and I especially didn't want to involve my innocent wife, who would be forever burdened with questioning and worry, no matter how much I could prove. It just wasn't like that with Michelle and I. Oh, that's her name. Michelle. One summer night, I was winding down after a long day of working in the yard and shuttling the kids to and from whatever after-school activities they were up to at that time of year. My wife had gone upstairs to take a bath. I grabbed a beer and sat down for the first time in hours on the couch in front of the TV. I pulled out my phone and I had a message from Michelle. It was a link to a YouTube video. I decided to broadcast it on the TV 
which was usually a gamble when it came to Michelle videos, but the kids were asleep, so I figured it was safe. The video was a short documentary on a certain very niche kink. I kept looking behind my shoulder to make sure no quiet little feet had snuck up on me. I didn't care if my wife saw. She'd probably think it was funny. But this was some dark stuff, and I was too exhausted to answer five million questions about things I wouldn't even begin to know how to explain to a six- and eight-year-old. As it played, I replied to Michelle. Jesus Christ, can you believe some people are into that kind of stuff? Like, they can probably pinpoint the moment in their childhood that made them fucked up enough to even consider this shit. Michelle is typing, appeared and disappeared a few times, but finally disappeared for good and no message was sent. I didn't think much of it. She probably got busy. Phone rang, DoorDash arrived, show was back from commercials, whatever. I clicked over to an episode of some paranormal show, one of those where very serious-looking guys who wear black t-shirts and titanium cross necklaces explain how every haunting is probably a demon. One of them usually gets possessed at some point. The perfect nonsense to end the day. I forgot about the weird kink video completely. Until the next day. That's when I got a voice note from Michelle. Hey, sorry about that video yesterday. It was dumb. I hope you don't think I'm, like, weird or anything. I didn't know you'd be so upset at it. I just wanted to apologize. I wrote back. Mad? Why would I be mad? I thought you sent it like a, hey, check these weirdos out. I thought I was just agreeing with you. I think we got some wires crossed. I quickly added. Sorry if it came off that way. Text can sound cold sometimes, without the tone attached. When I hadn't heard anything by that evening, I shot over a couple of question marks for good measure. I didn't hear from Michelle for a few days. It weighed on me. She had never just not responded like that. Especially after a misunderstanding. Was this it? Was this the end of the friendship? I felt confused. I tried messaging again, this time sending her a voice note. Hey, hope I'm not bugging you. I don't mean to sound desperate, but are you okay? At least let me know you aren't dead, dude. I'll leave you alone, but I would like to know you're okay. I really don't know what I did. I'm sorry. After that, I changed tactics. I sent over a meme and a couple videos I knew she'd think were funny. Maybe she just wanted to pretend it hadn't happened. I know I would if I felt embarrassed about something I had sent, so I did that for a couple of days. Had a one-sided conversation about nothing. I sent more memes, more videos, and topped it all off with a mundane voice note about my day. I bitched a little about my job, then I joked about how my kids seemed to be a part of every single extracurricular available to them, so even after a shit day at work, I'm stuck driving from soccer practice to theater rehearsals to whatever drive through has the shortest line, then home to get them bathed, and my wife was on bedtime duty that night, thank Christ. I ended it by letting her know I was eating my now-cold burger with a tall glass of whiskey and an edible 
then it was off to bed and rinse and repeat for tomorrow. That should do the trick. Hopefully this got across what I was going for. Just good old me and Michelle. Shitposting, venting, just a normal conversation. We can forget that awkward moment ever happened. Still, nothing. It was really fucking me up. And look, I know how this looks, okay? This wasn't some longing, unrequited love thing. How would you feel if one of your friends just disappeared off the face of the earth? Not so great, huh? Even my wife noticed I was feeling upset. One night I was bagging up the trash to take out while she put away dinner's leftovers and she stopped me. She said I seemed distracted lately. I'm just worried, you know? Like, she could be dead and I'll never know. I I don't know any of her friends or family or anything. My wife told me that was extreme and that Michelle was probably just busy or maybe she just wasn't that into Facebook anymore. She didn't get it. She never got into online stuff like I did. She didn't grasp that these friendships were just as real as the ones she had with the friends she got to see in the flesh every week for brunch. I admit, I snapped at her a little. I said something along the lines of, if one of her friends ever goes missing, I'll be sure to tell her that it's no big deal. Before she could reply, one of the kids came in and asked if they could have bubbles in their bath tonight, and she went to deal with that. I apologized later, and she said it was fine, but she went to bed early and didn't want to talk to me the rest of the night. I didn't have work the next day, so I stayed up watching conspiracy videos on YouTube. Just as a man with credentials from an unaccredited college who looked like he hadn't slept in a week was about to explain hollow moon theory, my phone lit up. Michelle sent a voice message. I looked around me for my earbuds, but was too eager to listen to find them. I made sure the volume was low. Why was my heart beating so fast? I pressed play. Oh my god, did you see that Jerrica and Miles announced that they're moving in together? As in, married Jerrica? As in, posts constantly about how in love she and her ugly husband are, Jerrica? Apparently... Jerrica's husband announced to her a few months ago that he wanted an open marriage, and she wasn't into it. But guess what? He had already opened it with some girl he met at a bar. Instead of just divorcing him, she goes, Okay, you want it open? Let's bust it wide open, and decides to meet up with Miles. You know, from the groups, lives across the country, and has that really cute labradoodle he's always posting in the pets group. And revenge fucked him. She was thinking that it would make her husband jealous, and then they'd be even, and the whole open marriage thing would just be dropped, and they could move on. Well, she said she ended up realizing she has feelings for Miles, and quit her job at the grocery store and is moving across the country. Her husband is in the comments begging her to call him. From context clues, I think she's staying with her sister or something right now. God, I love how messy these people are. This is why I can't ever leave Facebook. What? Look, this was top-tier shit-talking, but... What? No mention of ghosting? No apology? I mean, look, 
I did try to act like nothing happened, so I decided to just go with it. I knew there was something up with her. No one who posts every other day about how in love you are is actually in love. And Miles? I thought he lived with his mom or something. Is she going to move in with both of them? And isn't Miles the one who was always posting about being fired from every job he's ever had? Well, this is going to be entertaining, to say the least. And for the next few hours, we were us again. We gossiped until the wee hours, when I finally couldn't fight off the THC and alcohol coursing through my brain, and I fell asleep on the couch. The next few weeks went by as normal, but I just couldn't shake the whole her falling off the face of the earth thing. I wanted to make sure it never happened again, and I couldn't do that if she wouldn't tell me what I had even done in the first place. So, one day I was sitting in my car waiting for my daughter to be done with a birthday party at one of those trampoline places. I guess I should have been inside mingling with the other parents, but I was mid-talk with Michelle about some other Facebook drama. Someone had contacted another person's job and sent screenshots of them telling someone to kill themselves during an argument. This resulted in them being fired and a whole discourse about whether online arguments should be brought into the real world had ensued. The party still had 30 minutes left, so I decided to finally say something. Hey, I know I suggested we could just sort of move on and pretend it never happened, but can we talk about what happened? I just don't want it to happen again. Even my wife noticed, lol. I was really upset. You can't just disappear on me like that. Whatever I did, I just want to know so I don't do it again. Michelle is typing, came and went a few times. Great. I'd done it again. Fuck, dude. Why didn't you just keep your mouth shut? But soon, a very short voice note came through. I thought you would hate me. Hate you? Why would I hate you? A longer silence this time. A few minutes passed by. Finally. That video? What was in it? I want to do it. I could see my daughter out of the party early, clutching a goodie bag in one hand and a fairy wand in the other, running toward the car. Quickly, I said, Are you sure? Michelle, that's really fucking intense. I don't know what... The door of my SUV opened and I panicked and sent the message before finishing my thought. This time, Michelle didn't disappear. By the time I got home and back to my phone, it was filled with links to forums and blog posts, all explaining this particular kink. There was also a lengthy article by some sex therapist lady explaining the psychology of it. I read all of it, with an old-fashioned and an edible. As I was reading, she sent over another voice note. I assume you're getting high and reading all that. Well, I'm a few sheets to the wind myself, and I think I'm finally brave enough to say a lot. Look, I want to explain. I'm not going to say my wires haven't been crossed, but now that they are, I can't uncross them. 
I've actually been into this for years. It started with true crime forums, then I started stumbled into darker stuff. I don't know how else to explain it other than I feel like I would die if I don't do this. I know I won't physically die, but I need it so bad. My spirit would. And I'm not hurting anyone. This is all consensual. Afterward, it would be hard to manage a bit, but I would be fun. I knew I had to approach this with kid gloves. I didn't want to scare her off. I felt like I needed to protect her from herself. I just don't want you to get hurt, that's all. This is really dangerous. Haven't you ever thought about it, though? What it would be like? Not to be in the submissive position. (laughs) Maybe, but the, the dominant one. The one doing the actual deed. I don't know if it was the booze, the weed, or the way her voice sounded so bewitching. My breath caught in my throat, and I adjusted in my seat. I can't say I hadn't thought about it. Maybe not in that particular way, but in other ways. Sure, who hasn't? You could never trust someone enough to do this, though. What, are you going to find some stranger on Craigslist? It'll be some freak who will take it too far. Do you think I'm that stupid? Obviously, this is something you have to do with someone you trust with every fiber, every hair, every cell of your body. And that's why. (laughs) Oh God, I just... Okay, okay. She was drunk and nervous and stumbling over her words. You... I want you to do it. I want you to do this with me. To be the one to do it to me. You know, one thing I've always struggled with is finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. Plus, I am not the best with numbers. But now, I use Rocket Money and it does all that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month, so I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. And I know you do not have the time or mental bandwidth to deal with customer service, but don't worry, they'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of 5 million hundred million dollars in canceled subscriptions saving members up to 740 dollars a year when using all of the app's features 
Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash scare you to sleep. That's rocketmoney.com slash scare you to sleep. Rocketmoney.com slash scare you to sleep. Do you ever look back at a period of time and you realize you have hardly any memories and can't explain why? From the moment I heard her say those words, it's like the next few days, weeks, months, all went by in a haze. I couldn't tell you exactly when soccer season ended or what my wife and I did for our anniversary. I can't remember shit about what was going on at work or any of the meals I ate. I know I was there, playing my part, going through the motions, but I'll be damned if I could give you any details from those months. What I do remember is Michelle. More and more, she introduced me to this fetish kink. As much reading as I've done, I still don't know the term I should use for it. I had also suggested we move all of our talk of the subject to an app I had heard about on a documentary about some scammer. It was an app that deletes your messages as you send them and claimed to leave zero trace of them. I just thought maybe it was better for everyone involved if all of this was as private as possible. We continued our Facebook messages as if the subject had just petered out. It was still memes and shit-talking and voice notes about our day-to-day. On the other app, she finally started sending me some... videos. This is the part where you groan and go, Oh god, the dark web, it's always the dark web. Well, it wasn't the dark web, dipshits. It was something different. Or at least that's what Michelle said. She's the one who sent them to me. The lead-up wasn't exactly something I was into, but... The payoff, the big finish, definitely piqued my interest. It was so intimate. Michelle and I would be close in ways that most people who have ever existed, who have ever walked the earth, couldn't even come close to. And it was safe. Michelle laid out the whole plan. It was foolproof. So that's how I ended up lying to my wife about work I had out of town, driving from the San Diego airport through the mountains down into the desert to a shitty little property my family had hung on to, mostly because no one wanted to buy it. It was basically an old double wide in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by scrubby desert brush and dirt. My grandparents had lived in it for years, but they'd long since left and died, and now it just housed small desert creatures and, every once in a while, a down-on-their-luck family member or two. Meeting Michelle in person was one of the most nerve-wracking moments of my life. I had decided to park, so our first meeting wasn't her just hopping in the passenger seat of the ancient pickup truck that I was using. It was sort of a community truck for whoever was staying at the old trailer. It had been a project of one of my cousins last fall when he was staying out at the property, trying to get sober. He managed to get it running. I wouldn't say it purred, but it could make it up and down the mountain grade just fine. I spotted her right away, 
as she rode down the escalator to baggage claim. My breath caught in my throat, just like it had the night we started all this talk. I couldn't believe it was actually happening. Not just the stuff, but also we were finally going to see each other in person, in real life, not in ones and zeros. When she got to me, it wasn't exactly movie magic. We hugged and made small talk while she waited for her bag. She was shorter than I thought she'd be, but she was far from a catfish. She looked just like her pictures. Conversation wasn't coming as easy in person as it did online. She was probably just as nervous as I was. She finally got her bag. I grabbed it off the conveyor belt for her. And off we went. The ride was awkward. The truck was loud and the shocks were terrible, so we bumped and bounced along a highway long overdue to be repaved. Until finally, I remembered. Shit. I have to stop. I said. What? She asked over the sound of the road. I have to stop. I I forgot to grab a propane tank. What do you need propane for? For the... Oh, oh yeah, yeah, let's stop. I kind of have to pee anyway. We turned into a little gas station, tucked into the craggy rocks that began the descent to the low desert. The sun was starting to set. While I secured the tank into the bed of the truck, Michelle walked back out from returning the bathroom key. Instead of coming straight to the pickup, she took a small detour up a sand dune and took a few pictures of the brilliant pink and purple and orange light painted across the sky. I couldn't help but smile at her small frame, appreciating a view I had long since taken for granted. She walked back and called out, Gotta get some pics. I'm on a camping trip, remember? That was the excuse she'd given her work and the guy she was currently dating. She was going on a long outdoor outing with some friends. They were arriving in San Diego to meet, then moving north to camp a few places up the coast of California. We made our way toward our destination. It was dark when we got to the base of the mountains, and we flew down the road, no other cars in sight. At one point, she stuck her head and whole upper body out the open window to marvel at the stars. I pulled her back in by the waist of her jeans, telling her she was going to get hurt. She gave me a knowing smile, and we both burst into laughter. I think we laughed all the way to the long dirt driveway of the trailer. I carried her bag in and flipped on the lights. The trailer smelled like old wood that had been baking in the sun. I saw a lizard scurry up the wall as I shut the door behind me. Wow, brown carpet, how vintage, she mused. Vintage is a nice word for it. If you like that, wait until you see the yellow linoleum in the kitchen. I'm pretty sure it started off white. (laughs) I chuckled. How is there electricity? She asked, a tinge of worry in her voice. I thought you said no one ever comes out here. Running water, too. One of my cousins came out here last fall to dry out. 
He thought connecting with nature and some solitude would help. His mom, my aunt, is loaded. And my theory is she turned on the power and water for him, set it to auto-draft, and just forgot to ever turn it off. Don't worry, no one will be bothering us. I would bet my 401k on it. Did it help? Did what help what? The solitude. Your cousin. Did it help? Oh, yeah, Dale's been good. Last I heard, he has a girlfriend and a good job in the tire and auto department of his local Costco. That's great. Yeah. More awkward silence. So, I said, do you want to see how I set up the room? No, uh, do you mind if we have a drink first? I could really use some... Loosen it up, she said. I had already purchased her favorite brand of tequila. She did a couple shots, and I nursed a glass of whiskey and water. I couldn't exactly get as loose as her if I wanted to perform properly. After a little while had passed, I finally said, Shall we begin? I'll meet you in there. I brought something special for the occasion. She giggled. It's the door at the end of the hall. See you soon. I stripped down to my skivvies, folded my clothes, and left them on the couch. I walked down the hall to the master bedroom that was already prepared. I had laid down tarps on the bed so we wouldn't leave a mess. Tarps covered the old carpet, too, just in case. I had seen many videos by now. We had gone over the plan a million times. I knew exactly what to do. I had even taken some EMT courses. I told my wife it was because I wanted to be prepared for any emergency when it came to her and the kids, and she was over the moon about it, told me to take as many as I'd like. But Michelle assured me she'd be the one to really come in handy. She was a vet tech and told me she had helped with a million of these types of surgeries. It was always on dogs and cats, but still, a people knee can't be that different, right? I had all of our tools laid out. This was going to be quick. This was the part I wasn't that into, but she was. The question had been, sawzall or chainsaw? We decided on a sawzall. Smaller, lighter, and less conspicuous to my wife when I picked one up at Home Depot. Michelle appeared in the doorway, fully decked out in red lingerie. I wanted to wear something special for the occasion, she said. The next few moments felt like they were in super speed. Next thing, she was on the bed the tarp crinkling under the weight of her body. I was fixing the tourniquet just as I'd been taught. She writhed and moaned, which I wasn't expecting. It threw me off a bit. Maybe that's what happened. I don't know, man. I, I don't know what went wrong. We had it all planned. She even double-checked my work on the tourniquet. I started the sawzall. It bit into the flesh right below her knee, and blood and flesh spit up everywhere. 
Sharp bits of bone hit me in the face. I don't know what happened. Somehow the tourniquet failed. She was bleeding way more than she should have been. She was screaming. She said she wanted the pain. She said she was ready for it. I told her we should start with a finger or something. But she wanted to go big. I think we just let it build up too much. Fantasy doesn't always translate to reality. Ask most people who have had a real threesome. I don't know what happened. There was so much blood. I tried. I tried to stop it, but... It just wouldn't, and she wouldn't stop screaming. Until she did. I sat there in my underwear, covered in Michelle's blood. Her face was frozen in horror. Her body had created a divot on the old saggy mattress, and her blood was pooling around her instead of running off the bed. It was being absorbed by her lingerie and her hair. I couldn't call the police. I had too much at stake. My wife and my children. I'm a good man. I'm a family man. Michelle just flirted her way into my life with the promise of getting to consensually consume human flesh. That was the only part I cared about. The rest of it was just me trying to appease her and her kink shit. She was the freak. I was just curious about something everyone is curious about. Tell me you haven't thought about eating human flesh at least once. But I bet you've never wanted your fucking leg cut off to do it, right? Yeah. She was off the deep end. I got suckered in because I was overworked and undersexed and this isn't my fault. This was going to happen to her anyway, really. I mean, she was going to call some guy in Craigslist. I'm pretty sure she said that at some point, and I stopped her, right? That's what happened, right? Yeah. I was the real victim here. But... I saw her severed leg, now fallen to the side of the bed. That's when I decided... Michelle would have wanted me to carry on with the plan. No use crying over spilled milk. So that's what I did. I hooked up the propane tank and fired up the grill outside. It was just supposed to be the leg. I had read warnings about humans getting addicted to eating human flesh thought that was stupid. You can't get addicted to something like that. But after her leg, I realized I had to have the rest of her. So I went into town to the 24-hour Walmart and bought a deep freezer in cash. I unlocked her phone with her dead face and deleted her Facebook account and every other social media account we had ever interacted on, including that app that deletes your messages. I burned her clothes and other belongings in a pit way out in the desert where no one would think to look. After all, 
Michelle went north. And this was very south. I filled in the pit with dirt. That was over a year ago. These business trips became more frequent. Michelle started to dwindle. I thought once she was gone, I could be done with it. My hunger satiated. I thought my hunger was only for her. But it didn't go away. And it was so beautiful, this ritual Michelle and I had. It became so spiritual for us to be together forever in body, like some sort of communion. I could feel her with me every day. Like she lived in my body right along with me. Sometimes she spoke to me. She was so happy she got to be with me like this. We would live together. We would become dust together. The less there is of Michelle, the more I look around to my beautiful family, to my children, who I always joke that I wish I could preserve them in amber, keep them just as they are, and protect them from the ills of the world, to my wife, who I always considered the other half of me, my twin flame, People get lost in the desert all the time. Separated from their parties, just gone, and never found. It would be so easy. And they wouldn't really be lost. They'd be with me. A part of me. Forever. for listening thank you oh this is the part where I usually say thank you to my author and that was me so um (laughs) thank you me if you like the show you can follow it on social media at scary to sleep on instagram twitter and there is a facebook group you could please answer those facebook group questions as well it's just you just answer podcast podcast and if you'd like to follow me personally you can follow me at shelby b novak on twitter and instagram if you'd like a story considered for the show you can send it to scary to sleep at gmail.com if it's a true story put please put true story in the subject line but if it's a fictional story don't worry about it just put the title of the story or hello how are you <laughs> uh so yes in those two scary to sleep at gmail.com i don't have a lot of guidelines um i will I try not to do stories that have too many speaking, too many characters speaking to each other at once because I am very limited in my uh, voice acting abilities. <laughs> you gotta know your limits, right? I know I've gotten better, but I don't like it to be confusing. And if you'd like ad-free episodes, you can get them on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month for ad-free. Three dollars and up come with bonus episodes. So go check that out at patreon.com slash scary to sleep. 
And again, a little note, if you hear any ads read by me on this show that end with a like a call, a, a call to action like a, and use code scary to sleep 50 or something like that, if you'd like those products, again, not encouraging you to get anything you wouldn't already be buying, but if you want any of those subscriptions or purchases, if you could please use my offer code, that would help me out tremendously. Thank you so much. That's how I make my money. So <laughs> I would really appreciate that. Thank you. And now we have come to the portion of the episode where I ramble for a little while while you either fall asleep or finish up those dishes or hit that hit that goal at the gym. And if you'd rather just turn it off now, that is perfectly fine. I won't even know. I won't even know. Let you in on a little secret. I won't even know. <laughs> but let's see. So this week was pretty wild. I had to deal with... Um, I went on a tour this weekend, this past weekend, that was for Graveline Tours, which was fantastic. If you're in Hollywood, seriously, highly recommend um, that you take a Graveline Tours tour. <laughs> it was so much fun. I did a Black Dahlia tour. I'm going to be doing a little video on it on my Instagram, but uh, I did want to talk about it a little bit. It was so much fun. It was so informative. You ride around in this vintage funeral limo. It's really cool. It was awesome. So yeah, if, you, if you're planning any like uh, trips to Hollywood or if you live in LA and you're like, I've never done one of these like tours before because I never had. I've lived in LA my whole adult life and I've never done any like touristy tours and I've always wanted to. They look like fun and so I did this one and it was Black Dahlia themed and it was very, very interesting. You go to like the place they found her body. They You go to all of her old hangouts and stomping grounds and oh, I guess a hangout and stomping ground are probably like the same thing, right? I don't know. Let's ask someone old-timey. In old-timey lingo, I'm sure they were like, no, they're not. Um, but it was a lot of fun. But, uh, and this is, I'm going to put this more of this in, like, my ramble. I ended up having to help a friend deal with an actual con artist this weekend. It was pretty wild. Again, I'm going to put that, it's a long story. I don't even know if I'm going to tell the whole thing, just because there's a lot of things I would like to keep private for my friend. But um, I'll talk about that when I do a Ramble You to Sleep on Patreon next week, which I'm going to get to. This week just kind of, it was, um, yeah, I started out again. I started out losing a whole day because I was helping a friend with this con artist stuff. But I, so I didn't do any baking this week. No baking. Uh, hoping to do some baking this week. I've really been wanting to make this coconut cake I used to. I, I, had made, I made it a couple times. Um, I've been really craving coconut cake for some reason. So I'm hoping to make that next week. Um, but yeah, send me fun recipes my way. I've been in a little bit of a... I've, I've been looking for more savory recipes. Uh, so if you have any like savory baking... Or even any savory recipes. But savory baking recipes, like an interesting savory bread, send it my way. Because I would love that. Um, I've been, yeah, I've just been looking into making more savory stuff. Oh, in fact, I have one request. Um, any of my UK listeners, I've always wanted to make a Yorkshire pudding. I've never had one. That's the problem. I've never had one. So I, but they look delicious. I'm always on TikTok and they're always like here. I get, I get a lot of the people who are like, I'm going to make a traditional English Sunday roast. Is that what you call it? <laughs> and it'll be like, here's a Yorkshire pudding covered in gravy. 
looks amazing. Never had one, but it looks so good and I want to try to make one. So if you, if any of my like UK listeners have any Yorkshire pudding recipes that you want to send my way, thank you. I would appreciate it. And also, I don't know if I'll be doing it right. Again, I've never had a real one. So um, that sounds really good though. And the brown gravy is like, I, I it looks like... <laughs> I, I assume it's not always this, but a lot of the people who come up again on my like for you page, it's always like a packet of gravy. Is that what you use? Tell me, let me learn your ways. Um, and also again, any, any other savory bread, savory, savory baking recipes, shout them out to me. I made like an Egyptian, um, pie one time. I was like, no, no, it wasn't called a pie. I forgot what it was called, but it was like phyllo dough and this incredibly like spice, incredible spiced meat that you put that you layer with phyllo dough, and it was this Egyptian recipe. So anything along those lines, I, I love it when you all send me recipes. It makes me so happy. Someone just sent me a quiche recipe. I'm so sorry, I cannot remember your name off the top of my head right now. I've also been getting an influx of messages. I've been a little more active on Instagram, and <laughs> with the news of um, my personal life news, I have been getting a lot of messages. A lot. A lot of people are confused by the name change. A lot of people are just, I think, feeling, I guess, more emboldened to message me, which is fine. I've just, but I have been getting inundated. I've been having a lot more DMs lately. So I apologize if people's DMs are getting a little buried or if my response, either I don't respond because I haven't seen it or if I do respond and it's very um, um, brief, you know. I try to get to them, but also Instagram, I've mentioned this before, is really bad about letting me know when I have messages. I think it's because I have to go between my two accounts, my show account and my personal account. And so it won't show me if like, if I'm on one, if I'm signed into one, even though I'm, I'm like signed into both of them because I can switch between them. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Sometimes I won't see, it won't give me an alert, like a notification that I've gotten a message. So apologies apologies I'm trying to keep up but I did want to throw that out there I used to be a little better about like chatting with people and it's been a lot it's been a lot again I, I think it's a multitude of things but uh and I thank you for all your well wishes for all of my personal news and I've really felt love and felt encouraged by all of your a lot of people sending me your own stories your own you know, just a lot of encouragement and things. And I really, really appreciate it. I'm very excited about my new, my new life, my new life. So yeah. Um, okay. I think I've rambled enough. You're, you're done with me for the week and you're about to finish that last dish. You're about to finish that last mile or, uh, what else do you feel? Oh, that you're about to fold that last t-shirt. What else? Let me know what you do when you're listening to the show. Do you sleep? Do you do things? Let me know what you do. <laughs> Let me know what you do. <laughs> Every week I've been ending these really weird and creepy. Okay, that's that's my cue to go. Alright. I'm going to go. I remember to drink your water. Go get some sleep. Sweet dreams. Item number SCP-5186 SCP-7160 SCP-7533 Object class Euclid Keter Safe Special containment procedures 
spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust. But the only thing I could hear was 7219 laughing. Do you remember your name? Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.